welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches part one of a mini-sermon series entitled Reality vs. Fantasy. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Revelations chapter 1. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. In the next few Sundays, I will speak to you from the book of Revelation, the first five chapters and the last four chapters on the subject of reality. So today I'm going to speak to you from chapter 1. Now let me read to you from chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Reality or fantasy? What are you seeking, reality or fantasy? If you seek fantasy, watch television, read the papers, listen to the politicians, Read mountains of books, scholars write. What you get is fantasy. And you have come to this place on the Lord's day not to hear fantasy, but reality. Many years ago, I had a friend in college who had the habit of sleepwalking in the middle of the night. He did not know what he was doing. In truth, every unbeliever in Jesus Christ is sleepwalking through life only in the end to enter into an eternity of misery and torment reality or fantasy only true Christians believers in Jesus Christ live in the light of ultimate reality and I heard about a couple of children related to you the mother was driving 
and two of them dead. A big crash, they picked the brains that were scattered. Any moment, reality will come. Any moment, and slip into an eternity of misery. What is ultimate reality? Ultimate reality is the uncreated, self-existing, eternal, most wise, most holy, omnipotent, and triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who created all things, the smallest particle to the largest star and sustains them all. Reality is that which abides. We read in the scriptures, God is going to shake one more time everything that the unshakable may be made manifest. So reality, ultimate or temporal, is to be found in God's book, the Holy Bible. And all human books that do not speak according to this reality found in the Bible are dealing in fantasy. Particularly when they speak of large issues such as the meaning of life and the reality of death. Only the book of God speaks truth. Creation, fall, redemption, judgment, eternal life, eternal damnation, holy angels, demons, Satan, and Jesus Christ, God, man, the only savior of the whole world. So you want reality? You must read the Bible, the book of God, to discover reality that one may repent of his fantasies of illusions. Repentance means change of thinking. A forsaking of lies of the devil and believing truth as God has revealed in the Bible. A repenting person thinks differently of himself, God, creation, sin, redemption, Jesus Christ, judgment, heaven and hell. Before repentance he saw himself a God, but now he sees himself a dead dog, a miserable sinner chief of sinners and earnestly cries out to Jesus to save him. An unrepentant sinner is like my friend, he is sleepwalking into an eternity of torment in the lake of fire with the devil and all who cast their lords with the devil. And in the book of God, we read God creating all out of nothing by his powerful word. We also read man sinning against God. We read of God's judgment upon sinners. We read all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is a very dark picture of sin, hatred, disease, war, death, and so on. But the book also reveals the reality of redemption through the person of Jesus Christ. So we read of his incarnation in the midpoint of time. His holy life before a holy God. His cruel and violent death on the cross, his burial and resurrection. We read of his being exalted and seated on the right hand of God the Father as the sovereign ruler of the whole universe and as the head of the church, his people. That's reality. We see reality in the book, God's book, especially in the last book called Revelation. And so we open this morning to its first chapter, 
John the Apostle was sent to Patmos, a Roman penal settlement away from his church, to punish him for his faith and his testimony of Jesus Christ. Patmos was a very small rocky island four miles wide and eight miles long in the Aegean Sea, 50 miles southwest of Ephesus. A number of us visited that island and we had the privilege of worshipping on this island on the Lord's day. And so look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. You speak about pastors speaking. Well, you wait until Christ speaks. It will be loved. It will be commanding. It will be piercing. It will be convicting. It will be relentless. On the Lord's day, I became in the spirit, the Greek text says. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Reality confronts John on the Lord's day. Reality of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ in all his majesty and glory. The Lord's day is the day devoted to the Lord. Kuriakon Hemero. It is the first day of the week that celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the day of worship. We live in a world of unreality. And we are given fantasies, as I said, by media, politicians, educators, and so on. But thank God on the Lord's day, as we gather together to worship, we meet reality. We hear truth, and we are cleansed of all dirt of fantasies and lies and unreality. Truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ confronted John in the Isle of Patmos on the Lord's day. On this day, the Holy Spirit filled him and enabled him to receive revelation from Jesus Christ. And in the Bible, we read of several such encounters by human beings. Jacob met with God in Bethel. Moses met with God. He said, come up here on Mount Sinai. Isaiah met with God. We read of it in Isaiah 6. Daniel met with God in Daniel 7 verse 9. Ezekiel met with God. Ezekiel chapter 1. Paul was confronted by this Christ. And again he was asked to come up onto the third heaven to see ultimate reality. When we meet with God we do not remain the same. Something happens. We think differently. Our fantasies are cast out and reality grips and guides us to live to please God alone. We are called up to the mountain of God's presence to be confronted with truth that we may come down to the valley to live for God in the light of this revelation of reality. May God help you this Lord's day to be filled with the Spirit to be in the spirit, to be controlled by the spirit, to meet with the risen Christ and be changed by truth as it happened to John. May we all hear the commanding voice of Christ in his glorious majesty. 
John was not sleeping, he is awake. John is seeing a vision as Peter saw a vision when he was praying on the rooftop in Joppa. And so look at verse 12. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven gold lampstands. It was the voice of Jesus. Let me tell you, worship is not a boring thing. If it is boring to you, it is because you are looking at your belly button, which is boring. You are not seeing him who is in the midst of us, in all his majesty and glory. When we worship, we see the glorious Christ who is in the midst of us. The vision of Jesus is highly enriching, exhilarating, edifying, and humbling. So let's look at what he saw. Seven golden lampstands. They represent all true churches of the world in their witness-bearing function. Jesus is the light of the world, and through his church, the light of the gospel shines out. And Paul says in Philippians 2, we are to shine like stars in a crooked and depraved generation as we hold forth the word of life. And if we refuse to shine, Jesus says to the church of Ephesus, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from its place. Are you sleepwalking? Do you repent? Do you shine a star, living the truth of the gospel and proclaiming it? Secondly, in verse 12, we read, And when I turned, I saw seven gold, then lampstands. And verse 13, And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Someone like a son of man. And Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Lift up your eyes away from our souls and see him walking among you, the I am. And we read in Daniel 7, turn to that Daniel 7, we read about this one like unto a son of man. Let me read to you verse 13 and 14. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All peoples, nations and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This one, like a son of man, approaches the ancient of days that is God Almighty. This one was given authority, glory and sovereign power. And we are told all people worship him. His dominion is an eternal dominion. Yes, he has all authority. And he is worshipped. His kingdom is eternal. So this one is God. This is God man. This is Jesus Christ. In all his glory and power. This one is the glorious Jesus Christ. The son of God. And here 
John sees him as the judge and ruler of the church and of the world. And get out of fantasy and look up and see this one. He judges the church and he judges the world. Read chapter 2 verse 27 of Revelation. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery. Friends, do you see reality this morning? This one is king eternal. He is judge of all the earth. It is he who said, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. Therefore, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ, who is light, shall shine on you. Christ is in the midst of us. He said so. And he is true. And he is faithful. And he is here. And he is the greatest attraction. And he is not boring. One thing is certain. He is not boring. He is watching. He has come to touch you and heal you. He has come to command you. He has come to rule you. He has come to judge you. He has come to teach you, rebuke you, correct you, train you. He has come to save you and bless you. He has come to hear your prayers and accept your praise. He has come to give you life. Repentance and faith rouse your souls from apathy. Pay him complete attention. Hear his voice like the trumpet sound. And then verse 13 we are told. He is dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet. Who is this one dressed like this? It says he is a highly honorable person. This long robe that reaches to the feet tells you that. He is majestic. He is king of kings. He is lord of lords. He is the holy one. He is the prophet. He is the king. But he is also here pictured as the great high priest. He is walking among the landstands. He is walking in the church. It is his job to take care of the lampstands. He trims the wick and pours out more oil that the lampstand may shine ever more brightly. Yes, he rebukes and corrects. He judges. He calls out. Remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first work. Otherwise I will come and remove you. And number four. And we read, and with a golden sash around his chest. He is the royal priest. Golden sash speaks of royalty and high dignity. And we read in Isaiah 11 verse 5, which speaks about this great king. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. He is righteous and he is faithful to his covenant. He is righteous and makes us righteous. And he is faithful and keeps his covenant and expects us to be faithful to him and his people. The heart of the covenant, I'll be your God and you'll be my people. And number five, verse 14, his head and hair, white like wool, white like snow. Turn to the book of Daniel chapter 7 and, and verse 9. 
As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. So apparently, the one like Son of Man has the same attribute of the Ancient of Days, God Almighty, God the Father. So this head and hair, white like wool and snows, is the attribute of the Ancient of Days, but John speaks of Jesus having this attribute. It is because Jesus Christ is God. He is God, he is pure, he is wisdom. He knows what he is doing. He shares in all the attributes of the ancient of days. And so the church confesses we believe in one God. Existing in three persons, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Quickly, number six, his eyes like blazing fire, verse 14. What does it tell you? You are covering up, you are concealing. But he knows our thoughts, he knows our hearts, he knows our secrets. He knows what Achan is doing, he knows what Ananias and Sapphira are doing. Turn with me to chapter 2 and verse 18. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write there, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds. How many of you children lied to your father and your mother? How many of you adults lied to the pastor? But you didn't lie to him. Nobody can lie to him. And verse 23 of chapter 2. Listen to this. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. The 19th chapter of Revelation. And verse 12 speaks the same thing. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him, and so on. And you go and read 139, the psalm which I asked some of you to memorize and recite. It speaks about a God who knows our thoughts from afar. He is light and dwells in unapproachable, blazing, brilliance, light. And there is no darkness in him. There is no way we can conceal anything from him. Confession, brothers and sisters, is the only way we can find mercy from him who is merciful. Number seven, his feet like bronze burning in a furnace, glowing. Bronze was harder metal used for making weapons. So what does it tell us? His fiery feet stands for sure judgment of his enemies. Let's turn to 110th Psalm, which is a messianic psalm. And here we read, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Let me tell you, either you will sit with him as his beloved church, 
or you will feel the pressure of his feet. Turn with me to the 19th chapter of Revelation and verse 15. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. May God give us faith to see his fiery burning bronze feet. Speaks especially of his sure and complete judgment. Soon all his enemies shall feel the pressure of his feet of total judgment and complete destruction. And then verse 15 speaks about his voice. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. It's continuous, compelling, powerfully persistent, cannot be ignored, demands attention. You cannot say, I didn't hear, I didn't know. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 43 from where John is citing this. Chapter 43 and, and verse 2. And I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters. What about you kids? When your mother spoke, did you hear the voice like the rushing waters? The roar of rushing waters. Did you pay attention? When your father spoke, when your pastor spoke, when your teacher spoke, did you hear it? And did you pay attention? God is speaking. He demands attention. Do you hear his voice? Do you tremble and above all do his command that comes clearly in the voice? And number nine, in his right hand he holds seven stars verse 16 and verse 20 who are the seven stars they are not seven planets they are the ones to whom the seven letters were written they are the bishops the pastors of each true church let me tell you it is an interesting point for me the pastors who are called of God and commissioned by God are in his right hand of power, safe and secure. He doesn't go and beg and plead. No one can snatch the pastors out of Christ's hand. All under shepherds are under the chief shepherd's control and protection and provision. So also each church and each believer no one can snatch you out of the grip of his right hand. And number 10, out of his mouth coming, the Greek is continually coming, a sharp double-edged sword. Double-edged sword speaks of the word coming from the mouth of Christ. And it is coming continually and brings about both salvation and judgment turn with me to chapter 2 and verse 12 
to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. And verse 16. Repent, therefore otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And chapter 19. Verse 15 and 21. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And verse 21. The rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. The sword of the spirit which is the word of God. The word of the gospel is coming to us today to cut you, to convict you, so that you will repent and trust in Jesus Christ, or it comes to destroy. Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 2 and listen to what I am about to read. Chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. Pay attention. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. That is preaching the gospel, the word of God. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are smell of death, the same gospel. To one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life, and who is equal to such a time. The same gospel kills and saves. Number 11, we are told his face like sun shining in all its brilliance. Verse 16, look at him, our Lord Jesus Christ, his brilliant majesty, his glorious God. And turn to Matthew 17. And let me read to you. After six days Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And that's what is stated here. In verse 16. His face was like the sun shining. In all its brilliance, purity, majesty, glory, holiness. And Revelation chapter 21 and verse 22 and 23. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp is its lamp. Face shining in all its brilliance like the sun. And his purpose, why did Jesus come to this earth? To bring many sons to glory. And one day your face also will shine in all the brilliance of the sun. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 43. And we read, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear it. 
And we are told here, John was impressed. I wonder, are we impressed? John was impressed. Read verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Are you impressed by Jesus Christ? With this encounter of reality, this meeting with his majestic Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, he was impressed. He was so impressed that he fell at his feet as though dead. So were Jacob, Moses, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Stephen, Paul and others. They were all impressed and transformed. When we speak to you, when your mother speaks to you, father speaks to you, teacher speaks to you. Are you impressed and transformed? God is speaking. Fix your eyes on this Jesus all glorious. This prophet, priest and king. Fix your eyes on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess. Fix your eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. Fix your eyes on him, the savior and judge of all. And let me read to you what William Hendrickson speaks about the appearance of this Jesus in chapter 1 of the book of Revelation. Notice that the Son of Man is here pictured as clothed with power and majesty and with awe and terror. That long royal robe, that golden belt buckled at the breast, that hair so glistening white, that like snow on which the sun is shining, it hurts the eye. Those eyes flashing fire, eyes which read every heart and penetrate every hidden corner, those feet glowing in order to trample down the wicked, that loud reverberating voice like the mighty breakers booming against the rocky shore of Patmos. That sharp, long, heavy, great sword with two biting edges. That entire appearance as the sun shines in its power. Too intense for human eyes to stare at. The entire picture taken as a holy symbolical of Christ, the Holy One, coming to purge his churches and to punish those who are persecuting his elect. Are you impressed? Anyone still sleepwalking through life in your fantasy? Pay attention. You have come here not to hear fantasy but ultimate reality. Are you impressed? Or are you impressed enough by Christ the King? Are you impressed enough to repent, to believe and be saved? I say, are you impressed with this Jesus? Or is he still a sweet doll, a teddy bear to comfort you in the night, to play with you? or a dutiful butler, or a non-judgmental buddy. Are you impressed? If you are not, look again to his eyes of fire, to his burning bronze feet, 
to his majestic shining face. He is here now. He is walking among us. May he touch you, heal you. May he raise the dead this morning. And may we all hear his voice and be blessed. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of the mini-sermon series entitled Reality vs. Fantasy. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 